I heard about a friend who's got a pal who's um, face blind. Oh yes, yeah. So the he, opposite of a super recognizer. Yeah, so he can he can recognize maybe like five. He can hold at any one time five faces in his mind, a bit like an old mobile phone and text messages. Oh yeah, got it. If a new face comes along, he has to delete an old face from his memory. And so my friend James, he can see this guy out and about and say hi. And the guy doesn't know it's James until... He says, hi, I'm James. Hi, it's James. Your brother. He's like, hi, Hi, James. How are you doing? Isn't that extraordinary? Yeah, yeah. Face blindness. I'm not face blind, but I'm face partially sighted. Right. There's a, 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 you know, at least once a day, there's a, oh God, where do I know her from? Yeah. Or watching any TV show. Oh, everyone has a bit of that, I think. I've I've got quite extreme. I'll, I'll be saying to James, who's that? They're like, it's Meryl Streep. It's like, of course, you do know who that is. So like, I have a lot of lot of that. I once saw you walking in New York. We you did. We were both in Times Square. We did. We ran but into a, each other. That was very... And I was like, who, the f- who is this guy again? Who's that guy? Oh, God. I've met these two before. <laughs> yeah, it was strange. Yeah, we yeah. Sort of saw you running the, in the street. When you go that far mm. away from home and you're in such a populous part of town then bombard- then you know you're in a simulation yeah because the, the numbers don't work and I, I think I whispered to you it was about, probably about 12 years ago I think I whispered to you one day we'll do a podcast together Welcome to another episode of the list of absolutely everything that might kill you. The show which could just save your life. I hope so. I'm Matt Edmondson. And I'm Adam Kay. And this week, we're adding two deadly animals to the list. It's us two. It's not. It's real animals. But which one is more deadly? So, come on then, join us. Put on your high-vis, fasten your seatbelt, and most importantly... Keep your arms and legs inside the podcast at all times. I'm ready. We're going to be doing animals. Mm. And I went slightly off-piste. Okay. Because I thought this might be the deadliest animal of all. Off-piste? Is it polar bear? It's not. I was just thinking of snowy. Seal. You know, you're seal barking up the wrong tree. Okay. Um, ooh, ooh, yeah. Oh my, you have spent too much time with I have. Me. I don't know, even know if seals bark. Yeah, they do. Yeah, they go. <laughs> you okay? <laughs> yeah, sorry. Heimlich. Right. <laughs> um, but, Cough. Yeah. Then Heimlich. If and then it, go for the pen. I'll go straight for the pen into the old esophagus. No. No. The esophagus is where your food goes down. Uh, I'm going to go into the trachea. Correct. Because it's a tracheostomy. See, I am learning. So we, we both live with uh, domestic animals. Mm, that's no way to talk about Bryony. Oh, you meant my dog Oscar. My dog Oscar. Right. Has Oscar ever killed anything? Oh, he's tried. He's tried. If he got his hands on a squirrel, I think he would have a jolly good go. They always outrun him. He, he's not a fan of cats. And it's weird that. It's like it's, a, it's an internal prejudice that dogs have against cats. I don't know why. Watching too many cartoons when you grow up. That's what it must be. Uh, has he killed anything? No, I don't I don't think he has. Has no. yours? No, none. Uh, which is a shame. Um, <laughs> because Pip's an Airedale Terrier, their background, their, you know, back in the back in the days would have been a, an as an otter hound. Right. So maybe it's just because she's never been exposed to, to an, an otter. otter. Take Pip to an otter sanctuary. 
It's no longer a sanctuary. Carnage. No, that's yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, I, so my Oscars, as you know, are West Highland Terrier, and I don't know that they are the natural predator of anything, really. Shortbread, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I've taken the topic of the dangerous animal, uh-huh. and I have thought laterally, oh. and I have thought about the animal that is dangerous to eat. Because oh. I think that the numbers for actual mauled by a, you know, giraffe or whatever it is, are going to be pretty low. Mm. But you're thinking salmonella. Yes, I've gone for the bacterium <laughs> salmonella. <laughs> <laughs> now, I've, uh, I should have, should have, I went for a slightly bigger animal. It was, I, I, thought, I thought quite a lot about this because there are lots of dangerous foods. Maybe we should do food at some, some other point. You know, like nutmeg can kill you. Can it? Yeah. What's, why? why? I don't know. It's, it's hallucinogenic. How much nutmeg would I have to snort <laughs> to uh, have a hallucinogenic experience? I, I, I don't do know. I rub it into my gums? How do I, do I, think, I think the readers should all take increasing quantities of nutmeg mm. and email in with, uh, you, I, until I, they can't. I hate to be the one to break this to you, but you know people are listening to this podcast not reading it, don't you? Oh, okay. Yeah. This isn't another book, Adam. <laughs> I think the, halluci- the hallucinogenic quantity is relatively low. Even the death quantity, I only, I think you can die by taking as few as two, I'm going to say two megs. Is it two nuts or two megs? <laughs> two megs. <laughs> Could cinnamon kill you? I've seen the challenge online where people ingest a teaspoon of cinnamon. Have you seen this? Oh, yes, and they're coughing and ch- I mean, I imagine... If you're fuckwitted enough to take a, a <laughs> mouthful of cinnamon and then you end up with cinnamon lung. I'll be straight in there with a biro. Gah! Into the throat. <laughs> <laughs> there are certain injuries where, as the doctor, presumably in A&E, I've never worked in A&E, but you must think... Back of the queue for you. The back of, back, back of the tongue. If you've, if, you know, if you've just, if you had a fistful of cinnamon and now you're choking. <sighs> this animal... Oh, God, we well, still haven't told what the animal I'm is I've not yet. told you what. Can you guess what the animal what is? Preamble. Very dangerous to eat. Uh, uh, undercooked chicken. Oh, no, that would probably... Again, that would probably have been better than the right. one oh, sorry. I oh, chose. Yeah. It is the fugu. What's a fugu? So it's this Japanese puffer fish. Absolutely delicious, uh, but occasionally fatal. Right. So it's a proper game of Russian roulette. Mm. Russian roulade. Okay, so hang on. Uh, people are eating this. They're, they're eating it. Uh, and it's in, killing some of them. Uh, yes. So it's, it's commonly eaten in Japan. That's where, that's where, that's where most of these buffer fishes end up, end up on plates. The, and the major issue is it contains something called tetrodotoxin, or TTX. Got the word toxin in it. Doesn't sound good. Yeah. Cyanide. You know cyanides? I've heard of it. Bad thing to eat. Yep. This well, is a thousand times worse. What's, I'm sorry. It's a, it's a thousand, thousand times, times worse. More poisonous than cyanide. But luckily... There's an antidote. Okay. No, there's no antidote. Oh, there's no antidote. There's no antidote. So hang on, and where, which part of the fish does this live in? So the poisonous bit is the skin, also the intestines. The non-poisonous bit is the meat directly underneath the skin. And the, and the, the other thing I should say is it only takes about two milligrams to kill you. That's very low. Yeah. And people are regularly eating this? Regularly. I mean, I'm surprised restaurants are allowed to serve it. It feels like they're opening themselves up to being sued right there. You maybe have to sign a, maybe have to sign a form. Oh, no. Or maybe it does it in brackets. You've got sort of N for nuts, V for vegetarian, V-E for vegan, and then... D for deadly. 
D for deadly. <laughs> there are two people in Japan who are... I thought there were more than... Oh, sorry, that wasn't the end of the sentence. <laughs> there are two people in Japan who are forbidden by law from eating fugu. Is it you and me? <laughs> it is, <laughs> yes. After the damage we've done off this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> we've bad-mouthed it so much. And it's unlikely you'll ever be either of these two people, the emperor or the empress of Japan. You would, you would be Listen. forbidden. Let a, let a boy dream. Yes. <laughs> the forbidden fish. They're not allowed it because it, it's too deadly. If it's too deadly for them, it's too deadly for everyone. I'll tell you what, it's one rule for the hoi polloi and another for everyone else. The koi polloi, does that work? Yeah, that sort of works. Sort of yeah. works. Yeah. You need to train for three years the, the process of taking the skin off. Three years? Yeah. That feels like a waste of a life, Adam. It does a bit because what's the... I mean, you're going to have to have some sort of pretty monumental salary. I mean, you could have trained as an architect at the same time. Yeah. Well, an architect of death in this case. Yeah. This would be an excellent murder weapon, wouldn't it? The old fugu. Yeah, and you're not you're not alone in in thinking that. Both James Bond was nearly assassinated with this uh, tetrodotoxin, and so was Homer Simpson. Right. But but in real life, if, we wouldn't know necessarily if anyone had um, fugu, fu, I'm going to fugu you up. They fugued someone up. Oh yeah. Yeah, that's a good idea, isn't it? You can just sort of slip some in your yeah, oh, I'm sorry, I left a bit of skin on, my bad. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I mean, as you know, I'm a fussy eater, right? Mm-hmm. I can't imagine, some of the stuff that people haul out of the ocean and eat, I just <laughs> I just can't believe it. I, like, who was the first person that saw an oyster, like a little sort of jellified pool of semen, and went, oh, I'll tell you what, let me glug that back. You're going to, you want to, going to want to have it in your mouth for a while? No. I'm actually just going to swill it down my gullet. Back it goes. How was it? Delicious. No, it was disgusting. And that's why second time around, they had to cover it in Tabasco so you couldn't taste it. Exactly. And then everyone's like, oh, it's fantastic. It's so great, isn't it? I mean, I've never had it, but I, 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 I couldn't get involved. What's the weirdest thing you've eaten? What is the weirdest thing I've eaten? An artichoke was a little unusual. I didn't know how to. <laughs> I didn't know how to eat it. Oh, well, like a globe artichoke. It was. Yeah, it's one like, of the one of the ones where you have to pick off the, well, the leaves and dip it in a thing and know, scrape it with your teeth. Exactly. I did, you I, didn't know that you ate it like an apple. I, <laughs> no, I had no idea how to eat the thing. Uh, it was quite embarrassing. With uh, it was at a friend's birthday dinner, and I ordered it thinking, "Well, it was the only vegetarian thing on the menu." And at the time, I was a vegetarian, and it arrived. I was like, "I don't. I've never seen this before." I don't know how to get into it. It's like a safe I couldn't crack. So there's murder, there's accidental death. I mean, you'd be so, so annoyed, wouldn't you, if you were a chef and someone died as a consequence of your... Maybe annoyed is not the right word. You'd be mortified, wouldn't you, as a chef, if you made a fish supper for someone and it killed them? You would be. You'd also be mortified if you were a, a Japanese supermarket in 2018 who accidentally sold five packets of fugu that didn't have the liver removed, <gasps> making it instantly fatal. Oh, my goodness. And the only thing they could think to do when they noticed this was activate the speakers they'd had installed all over the city for incoming missile alerts. To say, to say if, you've if, you've, fugu, if you've been co-op or wherever it was, don't eat the fugu. Oh, my, I can't believe they sell it at a supermarket. That's madness. Yeah. And did um, anyone die as a result? It didn't say in right. my extensive research, but it did say that only two out of the five packets were returned. Oh, my goodness me. 
that's um I mean that's sloppy, isn't it? That's careless. Very careless. Yeah, if you're in the Fugu preparation game, basically rules one to ten are get rid of the fatal bits. Yeah. Get rid of that liver, get rid of that skin, give them the fleshy bits. I mean, how delicious must it be that people are willing to risk their lives for it? There's, I can't think of a single food that's delicious enough that I'd be like, eh, could kill me, maybe I'll give it a go. Not a single thing that I, wouldn't, that I would miss. Well, if you're a sumo wrestler in the 16th century and you believed it would make you stronger, as mm. people did, other people say it's an aphrodisiac. Right. Other people just say it's fucking delicious. <laughs> you know what? If it, I'm not going to risk my life to bang, Adam. I'm not going to do it. So there was a comma in there. <laughs> there was a comma in that sentence. Okay, I got it. Just before Adam. Okay. <laughs> um, okay. Ooh, Fugu, your mama too, and your daddy, as the song famously goes. Shall we find out how deadly this puffer fish is? One of the world's most deadly foods. That's what you'll read if you look online. But the stats don't quite back that up. Back when the food was unregulated in Japan, there were about 20 deaths per year. But nowadays, about 25 people per year are poisoned, and there have been just four deaths in the last decade. We know that 10,000 tonnes are eaten annually, and the average generous serving is about 250 grams. So, crunching those numbers, death occurs once in every 100 million servings giving it a micromort score of 0.01. Oh, do you know what? I think I take those odds now. Okay. Let's order some fugu for lunch. Yeah. Uber Eats. Sure they'll have it. They're more likely to be mowed down by the delivery driver. Probably. Than by the, by the deadly contents of his backpack. I might learn to go and produce that. Meet me back here in three years. <laughs> You can almost name any animal, and it has more than a hundred, one in a hundred million chance of killing you. I think. Well, I think the one I've gone for might be quite good. You know, uh, I've gone for an animal that's synonymous with being hungry. They're so hungry they named them twice. The hungry, hungry dog. No, hungry, hungry hippos. Hippos. Have you played hungry, hungry hippos? No, but I know it's sort of, it's like snap, snappy balls. You've got to... Don't Google snappy balls, by the way, guys. Just, if you do, do at least do it in private, private browsing mode. Hungry Hungry Hippos. Four hippos, different colours, all competing for the same coloured balls. There's one yellow one in there, the rest are red. The yellow one... The golden snitch. The golden snitch. It gives you, theoretically, I think, double points or some, maybe it's worth five points. And, yeah, you sort of encourage your hippos to... To munch. I don't know why I've gone off on such a tangent on hungry, hungry hippos, but um, it's the only it's the only thing you know about hippos. Well, I can tell you that they're hungry, hungry, <laughs> and and that they're hippos. No, of course I've gone and done some the research. Hippopotamus, to give it its full name. The hippopotamus, uh, known of course as the river horse. The hippopotamus. That's what it means. Yeah, that's what it means. Hippo is uh, horse. Yeah. And presumably, Potamus is, is, yeah. is River. Because uh, there's there's also, do you know the, the posh name for the the seahorse? No, what's the posh the name? Scientific name for this? Go on. It's the hippocampus, which means... That's the bit of your brain, it is it? It is a bit of your brain, because it looks like a seahorse. So they named the bit of the brain oh after the goodness. seahorse. But hippocampus means bent horse. 
Bent horse. Yeah. Hmm. Does a seahorse have a hippocampus in its brain? I, I don't know. Because Do, that would be a hippocampus be within a hippocampus. It'd be inception. like the inception of brains. Weirdly, they didn't cover the neuroanatomy of the seahorse at my human medical school. Right. Well, <laughs> another failing of my education. Another one. So yeah, river horse. I mean, it doesn't really look like a horse. It's um, more like a river calf. I was naming it. I said, a oh, river cow. How have they done it? It's got it's got big teeth, doesn't it? That's sort of what it shares with a with a, a land horse. Yeah, a I land horse. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Here we are. Here's my thinking. Yep. Hippos. Yep. Heavy. Big mouths. But vegetarian. Yeah, but, but, but. Angry. Very angry. Yeah, but I've seen the videos where they just eat watermelons and stuff. That's not. Have you seen what they do to a watermelon? Why didn't just out of interest? Yes. Why didn't you choose like a lion or something that's carnivorous? Says the man who went for the fugu. No, but that that you can see how that could have been worse than it was. Because I don't know that anyone's going to approach a lion. And I do think... With good reason. I, yeah. People approach the hippo because it only eats watermelons. Well, you just wait. Because if you've seen it eat a watermelon, which is basically, you know, a great equivalent for a human skull, it will explode that thing like one of those Guinness World Record holders who pops it between their thighs and tightens their grip on it. Have you ever seen that? Well, well they, they crush a human skull with their thighs. <laughs> that, is, that, should, that should be banned. That should be on the no list. Listen, the point at which I decided to go for it was when I read this sentence, they are highly aggressive animals who will not hesitate to trample, gore, drown, and bite anyone and anything that unsettles them. Oh. Yeah. Okay. They're the Alan Sugar of the Serengeti. So, a couple of basic stats for you. They weigh 2,750 kilograms. What's that in elephants? I can't give it to you in elephants. I, I looked it up in Toyota Yarises. Oh, yeah, uh, Yarises. To, Toyota Yarai, I believe, is the uh, cumulative name for them. It's uh, 2.5 Toyota Yarai. And they live to an average of 40 years old. Oh. Best practice regarding hippos is to avoid them entirely. Oh, oh, come on. Because they only I, tend to attack people that have entered their territory. Yeah, of course it's best practice to avoid getting attacked by hippos to avoid them entirely. Mm. It feels a bit obvious, doesn't it? Yeah. They're fast. So oh. the average speed of a human is 10.6 kilometers an hour. Speak for yourself. Sorry, I have seen you on those roller skates and my God. Okay, so 10 kilometers an hour. A hippopotamus can go at 30 kilometers an hour. That's fast. It's very fast. They're not aerodynamic. They're not, are they? And they've got quite—I don't I sort of don't mean to sort of hippo shame, but they've they've got quite stumpy legs from yeah. my as the hippo in my mind. Mm. The, not my hippocampus, but the hippo, <laughs> the hippo <laughs> that I'm picturing. What is the hippocampus used for? It's for regulating your your body, right? The hippocampus. Is that right? For regulating your body. As in like... What does that mean? Like it no, it sort of works out, oh, I'm a bit for, cold. Let, let me do something or I'm, I'm hot, I'm going to sweat. Is that the hippocampus? No, no, it's more like memory and stuff like uh, that. I completely forgot. So yeah, basically don't try and outrun a hippo because they will catch up with you. And as they get closer to you, they'll get into the, the DRS zone. That's the uh, drag reduction zone. So hang on. So these are vegetarians. Yes. They're, and if you annoy them, they'll eat you. So they're so they're basically flexitarians, aren't they? Like if they get so wait, I don't think on a gonna... night out, they'll have a kebab. They're one of those vegetarians. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They're, they've gone round to their partner's parents' house, and they say they're vegetarian, and the mum thinks that chicken's vegetarian, and they're having to eat it. Yeah, they're just polite. 
So hippos most commonly attack humans in boats. Because they live in water. they live in water, and, yeah. uh, and that's when humans are around. Exactly. When they're in boats. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. But they, they, they won't just attack humans, they'll also attack lions, crocodiles, and hyenas. Now hang on, a lion? Yeah. So hippo v lion? Hippo v lion. I would watch that movie on the Sci-Fi Channel. I imagine Attenborough's done a hippo v lion. Has a hippo ever won against a lion? Yeah, they attack them. I mean, I don't know... Uh, no, but, I mean, you could attack me, and then I'll attack you back and win. Right, I see, I see. So I'm like, that is the... No, I think that they have taken them down. I ha- I'm basing hell. that on absolutely no research. That's not fair. You've done minimal research. Don't say you've done no research. No, that's true. I've done, I've done the bare done the... minimum. To get away with half an hour of, of, of chatting about... Uh, How dare hippos you? Hippos and fish. I saw a video in my research of a hippo killing a lion. I mean, that does sound like evidence. Yeah. Bloody hell. Lion Little put, bastards. Lion put up a fight. Didn't take it lying down. So yeah, they're, they're big bad boys and girls. So basically, avoid hippos. And definitely, 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 definitely don't try and domesticate one. Because Has anyone tried? Yeah. Uh, Marius Ells tried. So he was and how's a, he doing these days? He's probably in Ells. Or El Evan. Um, the 40-year-old army major was killed by his pet hippopotamus. Oof. who he named Humphrey. Bit annoying that, because that's definitely a camel's name. After purchasing him when he was just five months old. That's too young to be buying a hippo. I think it was in reference to the hippo's age. Okay, fine. Yeah. Yep. It was six years and two and a half thousand pounds later. That's not how much he paid for the hippo. Uh, it's that was what that's when it said when it had gone full Yaris. Double Yaris. Yari. Please. That is not the plural. <laughs> it is. Anyway, Humphrey, at that point, wasn't quite so cuddly, turned on Marius one night, dragged him into a river, mauled him to death. Dragged him into a river? Yeah. 2011, that happened on his farm in South Africa. Now, Els, prior to that, Els had been quite uh, chummy with Humphrey. He'd ridden on his back. You you would do. You would, would, of course. But uh, he was found with loads of bite marks on his body that matched the... Dental records. <laughs> <laughs> he, was, he was found with loads of bite marks in the body and in the stomach of a hippo. <laughs> they got their crack team on it. Yeah. His wife actually had had some concerns about Humphrey prior to the untimely death of her husband. Oh, I, mean, I thought so. Not, so not Humphrey's wife. <laughs> you need to. You need to start using <laughs> some people's names in here. <laughs> um, no, right. Come on, Louise, the wife of Els. This is a man who's died. Come on. And this is a widow I'm talking about. Yeah, I know. Now. I'd, I'd love to show some respect, but there is also there, <laughs> on the one on the one hand there's respect, and on the other hand is the fuckwit who <laughs> buys a hippo and keeps it, keeps it in their living room. Well, uh, this hippo earlier that same year chased a man and his seven year old grandson, <laughs> and they had to climb to the top of a tree to escape Humphrey, and they had to stay up there for two hours. Oh, hippo! What? You, uh, <laughs> if you get attacked by a hippo, is that certain death? Not certain. There was a safari guide called Paul Templer who got swallowed in the Zambezi River in Zimbabwe by a hippo and he was later regurgitated. Ugh. Missing an arm. You're saying missing an arm well, as if there's some sort of question <laughs> as to what happened. Hippo took the arm. It's basically the story of Captain Hook. And he described it as just another day in the office. His office being the safari. The gastrointestinal tract of a hippo. Yes. What do I do if I'm faced with the admittedly unlikely scenario of uh, a hippo charging towards me? 
I don't think I have an answer for that. I okay. think you're going to die, Adam, if that happens. Well, you've got to die of something. Exactly. And it sounds like in that scenario, it's by Hippo. Yeah. Here's another story that uh, is a bit terrifying. And I, I read this only. It's quite, it's, quite, it's quite traumatic, this one. Okay. But it gets good. Okay. Okay? Yep. So however you're feeling as I go through it, Know, know that there's, I've got something to look forward to. <laughs> yep. So 2016, two-year-old boy attacked by a hippo in Uganda. Now, spoiler alert, he lives, so it's fine. Okay. The boy, not the hippo. I can see how it's confusing. Oh, yeah. Both live, all right? But the hippo got the child's head and upper body in its jaw before it was rescued by an innocent bystander. If that happens, you have to stick your finger up the hippo's bum, don't you? That releases the jaw. I think you're still thinking of Hungry Hungry Hippos. That's, that's how you get any animal to... That's the automatic release button how would for you, a jaw. How would you expect anybody, let alone a two-year-old, to reach around and put its finger into the anus of a hippo no, during an attack? But I think in a dog attack, don't you... Isn't the trick finger in the bum, then it releases the jaws automatically? That's finger in the bum of the dog or the person being attacked? <laughs> finger in the bum of the dog. Finger in the bum of the dog. Goodness me. That's either absolutely true or a popular myth. Why do you know about it? I'm a, I'm a responsible dog owner. When he's leaving the house, have I got my lead? Have I got my poo bags? Have I got my KY jelly? Well, I'm good to go. Yeah. But my only thing for a hippo, is a, is a finger big enough? Or do you need to go full forearm? Like you're turkey basting a cow. So picture the scene. The animal, the hippo, spots the child playing near the shore of Lake Edward and races towards him who, by the way, is called Iger Paul. A man? He witnessed the whole thing. Okay. And uh, he began throwing stones at the hippopotamus. Oh, he hadn't listened to the podcast, didn't know about the, uh, the rectum. <laughs> no, he threw the stones directly into the air. Okay, yeah. It was an incredible shot. It was like Michael Jordan, <laughs> like Michael Jordan from the yes. halfway mark. Anyway, causing it to drop the child, who survived who with fell just... to his death. <laughs> no, he survived with just minor injuries. Great. What a tale, eh? What, what a, a tale. tale. What a tale. What a tale. Basically, they like to attack people. The official advice, and this, you want to think Matt's just making this up, but it is the official advice. If you search this out from the hippo experts, it's if you find yourself in the water and you see a hippo, yep. move in a direction away from where you saw the hippo. So throw away. And that's it. That's the advice. Re record your will on your voice notes. Exactly. Yeah, and uh, live stream it. When you're eaten by a hippo... If you're eaten if by you're, a hippo. If you're... No, you personally. Right. Um, when you're eaten by a hippo, what page of what newspaper do you think you'll get onto? Because you've got your... Well, you've got I, your D-list celebrity status, plus quite an plus exciting hippo. death. I think it's... I think that's front page. No. What, what paper? Star. Star. Yeah, you could get... You could be front page star. Yeah. Uh, no, I think um, I think the nation would be in in mourning, wouldn't they? Yeah, maybe. Why yeah. not? Why not? The nation would be grieving. Okay. If any person who of any notoriety in the UK got eaten by a hippo, I think that'd make the front page. Maybe just the, the sort of strip at the bottom, a little bit at the bottom, yeah, or up by where they're giving away like a holiday for hundred quid something like that. Oh yeah, okay. Hmm. And then, yeah, if it's up there, you might even get a photo. Hippopotamat. Matt Dedmanson. <laughs> it's good. Yeah. It's very good. 
There we go. After 10 episodes of this, I finally, finally learnt your calibre of pun. Yes! Welcome we've to all, the dark side. We've all learnt something. If hippos are more deadly than fugu, then uh, you would win 6-4. Yes. If I am correct and puffer vision more deadly, then I win 5-5. Five, five. It's a tie at that point. That is sort of a win. But it means there's motivation to Means it goes to, to penalties. To, to means it goes to penalties. Or we just list things. We list things. Yeah. yeah. Sudden, sudden death. Come on then, Jen. Globally, the hippo population lies somewhere in the region of 125,000 to 148,000. Whilst they're not quite an endangered species, ranking just one rung lower on the conservation status table at vulnerable, which is, of course, what a human can also be if they find themselves on the wrong side of one. All told, hippos rank as one of the most dangerous land animals and are thought to be responsible for somewhere in the region of 500 human fatalities per year on the continent of Africa alone. So while you can minimise your risk by not going near one, the official score for hippos is that you have a 1 in 16 million chance of being killed by one which is 0.0625 micromorts. So if you're presented with the choice of a hippo encounter and a seven-course fugu tasting menu, we'd highly recommend you choose the latter. 500 a year just in Africa. Hip O-M-G. That is a lot of people. 500. Yeah. But that's not, that's not counting zoos in England. Yeah, and all the... People who choke on those little balls from the hungry, hungry hippos. Doesn't count. Does it not? No. Okay. Well, I think that does wipe the floor with Fugu. It does, yeah. But I think you could have found a, I think you could have found a riskier animal. What do you mean a riskier animal? As in like one that was more of a curveball? No, one that would kill more people. Well, I could have done, but so could you. I might, I won it. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah, I could. I could have. I could have. I you could have gone I could have. Yeah. I could have won. Like elephant? No, there aren't many elephants. No, I think there. they're probably quite deadly elephants. Yeah. Yeah. You know, if you cross one, famously, they never forget. Never forget a oh, face, yeah. unlike that fellow that James knows. Yeah. <laughs> Little callback <laughs> to about nine hours ago. Well, listen, it's been a, an absolute delight, this series. For us or the listener? I, I mean, I don't know. I don't check any of the feedback, but I've enjoyed it. I've also enjoyed it. And I'm feeling, I'm feeling safer. I'm actually feeling alive, more alive than ever. Because I know what to avoid. Yeah. And it's, you know, hippos and biros. Biros are good. Well, there you go. 20 items on the list of everything that might kill you. It doesn't feel like that's absolutely everything. You're right. I think there are probably other things out there. Almost everything can kill you. I don't think there's anything that can't kill you. Which means we must come back for a second series, Adam. We must. Must we? Well, schedules permitting, yes. Schedule permitting, whether anyone listens, also permitting. Yeah. Yeah, well, listen, you can be in charge of that. If you've enjoyed this podcast and you want us to do more of it, tell a friend, tell a colleague, tell a parent, tell a child. Don't tell a child. Depends on how the child is. You know, you're a child. Oh, I'm, to, oh, I'm to a, your parents. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, like, um, you know. yeah, okay. But don't tell someone who's legally a child. Yes, that's good advice. So all that remains is for me to stop talking and leave the studio. Yeah, I'm going to do the same, actually. The List of Absolutely Everything That Might Kill You is a podcast from Podimo and What's The Story Sounds. It's presented by me, Adam Kay. And me, Matt Edmondson. 
The episodes are researched and produced by Jack O'Kennedy. Executive producers for Podomo are Jake Chudnow and Matt White. And for What's the Story Sounds, it's Daryl Brown and Sophie Ellis. <laughs>